everyone. Welcome to the Strive Podcast, a community dedicated to helping women become the best version of themselves by relying on Jesus Christ and uniting with other women. Today, we are dishing out practical, helpful, and tangible tools to help us all along our discipleship journey. My name is Abby Harding, and I am your host here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Strive Podcast. You are currently listening to episode 10, Striving to Graduate from College Part 2. So super exciting, this week I got to graduate, which was so awesome. I got to walk across the stage, I got to wear the cap and gown, all the things. (laughs) And I got to get so many awesome opportunities. So I wanted to tell you about one of them really quickly before we get into the episode. So I was awarded the Gordon B. Hinckley Communicator Award um, for my college. And it was just the coolest opportunity. Um, The faculty kind of nominate you for the award and they do a little speech and a little event and then give you this beautiful glass plaque. And I just love it. And it was just the coolest opportunity to talk with professors and to get nominated for that. And one of the reasons why I got nominated for it was because of the Strive podcast and they were able to see the hard work I've been putting in. And so that just really meant a lot. And I'll have to write up a little post on Instagram so you guys can see like what the award looks like a little bit more about it. But um, it was just super special. And so then that happened um, and then graduation and things like that. And I turned in all of my last finals, all my last projects that are officially done. How crazy is that? So no more school, at least for now. (laughs) And I'm just so grateful for the opportunities I've been able to have in college and all the tools that I've been able to learn. And they've all been like super tangible things that I've um, been able to apply into the podcast and other ventures. And so I'm really excited to see what the future holds. But I seriously love this podcast. I hope you guys enjoy listening to it as well. Um, but before we get into anything too much, um, I first want to wish you guys all a Merry Christmas. This is going to be the last episode of 2023, so I'm going to miss the holidays with you guys, but it's just because my episodes come out on Sundays and that's when Christmas and New Year's is. And so I wanted to give you guys time with family and give me time with family. Um, but it's crazy. It's so crazy. Um, I started this podcast back in October. And so the fact that December is here is just crazy to me. Um, But going back to what this episode is all about, like I said in the title, it's called Striving to Graduate from College Part 2. If you haven't listened to Part 1, you totally should. Um, But basically, I'm giving 12 pieces of advice to my younger self of things I wish I knew before coming to college and like lessons I learned basically the hard way. (laughs) And so the first episode has six things where I kind of go through my freshman and sophomore year of school and this episode is specifically junior and senior year. So um, if you haven't listened to, that, listened to that episode, you totally should. And that kind of gives a little bit more context to this one. Um, but let's go ahead and get started. I'm really excited. Okay, so point number one, I guess technically number seven, if you want to combine them. But for the sake, we'll just call it number one. We'll just start over. But um, it, this one is, I'm calling it the celestial room is God's living room. So I saw that on a quote on Pinterest a while back and I just ate it up. The celestial room is God's living room. I thought that was beautiful. So celestial room meaning in the temple and so a little bit of background. Um, I served my mission during COVID. I got endowed right before I left. And so I only went to the temple like two times total before the temple shut down. 
Um, and that was kind of crazy. So they were shut down and then eventually they started opening up slowly. And then at this point in time, my junior year, they were finally completely back to normal. And because I hadn't gone very much, it was, it made me really afraid of it. Um, I think there was a lot of moving parts and I, I have a couple episodes about this already posted about kind of how I've been able to learn more about the temple and not be afraid of it. But I really was scared. Like, I didn't know what going to the temple really meant. And I didn't like not knowing. I didn't like not knowing the order, but, like, everyone else in the room totally did. And I feel like I got kind of gypped, you know, (laughs) because the temples were closed. And I I didn't really get to develop that relationship with the temple from the get-go. I kind of had to wait. But I decided to go with one of my roommates, and she would totally just like guided me by the hand along, you know, we just went together and she showed me where things were and which corner to turn at. And this is where you go here. Right. And it was so helpful to have her there. And I think the reason why I was so freaked out about it was all the logistical stuff. It wasn't like the spiritual stuff. It was, where do I stand? Where do I go? Where's the bathroom? Like, <laughs> You know, and I didn't like the confusion of not knowing where things were. And, you know, that isn't everyone's situation. It was just mine. Um, But I really liked the phrase, the temple or the celestial room is God's living room because it just made it feel safer. You know, it made the temple feel like this, not this like looming, scary building. It was, it's just like God's living room. You know, he's there too. And Jesus Christ is there. And it's a way to be able to feel close to them here in this life. But there's a scripture that I found to kind of go along with this. And it's found in 1 Corinthians in chapter 14. And it says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And I think Satan really wanted me to be confused in the temple and not want to go back. But he truly is, Satan is the author of confusion. And Jesus Christ and God are definitely the authors of peace. And they, they desire us to feel that in in the temple. And so I'm really grateful for that roommate for, like I said, guiding my hand along and coming with me and letting me ask her a million questions. <laughs> and so if you're struggling with the temple, um, like I mentioned a minute ago, I have a couple episodes posted. Um, it's episode four and episode six, I want to believe. So it's with Temples by Joanna. Um, she's a temple photographer. Incredible. If you haven't checked out her account, you totally should. And the next one is from Emma and she has an account called Powerful. So P-O-H-E-R-F-U-L. And hers is seriously awesome too. She has a lot of content about making the temple and the priesthood less scary. So go check those episodes out. They're super helpful as well if this is something that you're struggling with. And also the churchofjesuschrist.org slash temples is a wonderful resource to go to as well. Um, But if this is something you're thinking about, just remember you're not alone and remember that the celestial room is God's living room. So another part of my junior year is that's basically expected to do an internship. And, you know, it's required to graduate and they're honestly so helpful, right? Theoretically to be able to like jump into the workforce, kind of get your hands dirty and you can kind of see, oh, in one of my classes, I didn't really learn this or, oh, this is a little bit harder than I thought. You know, it's such a great way to learn with like that little safety net. And I was really excited to do an internship. And so eventually I found one and I got accepted and it was all set in stone going into the new year. And it fell apart. (laughs) It shattered into a million pieces. So I got it right before Christmas time last year. So I was all ready to get started in 2023. So, you know, we had the holidays, things were good. And then my start date came around and it was remote. 
And so I messaged them. I'm like, hey, I'm all ready to go. You know, what do I need? And they said, oh, well, because of the holidays, we actually don't need you to work this week. We'll go ahead and start your internship next week. And I was like, oh, heck yeah, I'll get an extra week off. Like, I'll totally take it. (laughs) And then the next week came around the same thing. Hey, we don't really need you. Hey, we don't really need you. And I kind of waited around for a little bit, you know, just kind of being hopeful. Like, you know, I I said yes. You know, I signed documents saying that I was going to do this internship with them. And it just fell apart and they didn't need me anymore before I could even start working and the company didn't do very great financially. And so it was kind of traumatizing, you know, to have this internship set up and this was the plan going into a whole new year. And at that point I was like pretty recently married. And so, you know, we need money and I really wanted to graduate soon. I didn't want to like just wait around to find another internship the next semester. And it was horrible. It was a really dark time for me because I wanted, you know, to help provide for our, our new family. I wanted to help for little things like rent and groceries, right? And I, I couldn't. And eventually, my friend posted on her story. It was like, hey, there's a call center that's hiring. And I was like, what? I just felt so drawn to it. But I was like, I've never worked in a call center before. Like, I don't know if this is for me. But I just felt like this little light, like very much drawn to it. And so I applied for it and it worked out and every star aligned. And then literally once I said yes to that job, um, I was just scrolling on Instagram and this new company in my town was like, hey, we're a small business. And if you know me, I'm super passionate about small businesses. And they just opened up this really cool, um, it's called a selfie studio. So you can like go like take pictures there and it's, they have like little ring lights and you can make little TikTok videos. So it's kind of like dorky, but definitely like a high school place, but they needed someone to do their social media content. They didn't have anyone doing it. And so it was the coolest opportunity to do an internship with them. And it literally fit my schedule perfectly. I wanted a social media internship. I loved how it was like in my town. I didn't really want a remote one, but it was cool to be able to have that. And the company I worked for was awesome. And literally it was just so crazy that every star aligned in that internship, not only got me credit, but such amazing experience. And I helped them get like thousand followers you know for this company that had zero and I really got to help create it from the ground up and it was such an honor to be able to help them and so I feel like the point I'm trying to make so point number two is to trust in the promptings even when you can't tell what is ahead you know I could have scrolled past um, that girl's post being like hey my my call center is hiring and I could have been like oh whatever but because I got that job I was able to you know financially support my new family the internship I got you know, because they were such a new small business that we opened like that month, they couldn't afford to pay me. And, and that's okay. And I, like I mentioned, I'm really passionate about small businesses and I want to do what I can to help them. And I'm like, that's something very near and dear to my heart. And so it was just the coolest thing. I got to do so much content for them and I got to learn so much and I didn't get paid for it. And that's okay. And internships don't have to be paid, but I'm grateful that God provided a way for me to still provide for my family and be able to gain such valuable skills there and be able to do an internship in the field that I really wanted in social media. And so I definitely feel like God was watching out for me. And so point number two is to trust in the promptings even when you can't tell what is ahead. Because also adding on to that is I couldn't tell what was ahead because that internship literally seemed like everything. Like the first part of that story, you know, it's it was perfect. Like it couldn't have been better. And it was not for me and it wasn't a great fit. And Like I said, they couldn't financially support me in my internship there. And so I had to leave and they didn't need me because there wasn't enough work to go around. 
And so I'm so grateful that God gave that prompting to my friend to be able to post that and to my internship to be able to post it as well. And I was able to network and be able to find the right thing for me. So one of my favorite scripture stories my whole life has been the woman with the issue of blood. Um, It's found in Mark chapter 5 in the New Testament. I've always really resonated with it. And I feel like this junior year, I read it so many times. So many times. And I don't really know why, because it's only like a handful of verses. But it's one of my, my comfort scriptures. It's one I always go to. It's one of my favorite stories about Jesus. And... I'll kind of give you a quick synopsis if it doesn't ring a bell. But basically, there's this woman with an issue of blood um, for 12 years. Super sick, you know. And I'm sure that because she had that issue, I'm sure she felt dizzy. I'm sure she had headaches. I'm sure her body was really weak and achy. And she was on the streets, not doing great. Because at that time, you know, periods were viewed as, like, unclean. And so she couldn't, you know, leave live in a house. She had to, like, be outside. And it was kind of like this mark on her and very tragic, very sad, awful circumstances for her. Eventually, Jesus walks by and she says, um, I wrote it down, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And she goes, I know that I can be healed from this issue that I've been having my, you know, for 12 years. That's like a long time. And she goes, if I can touch Jesus, then it'll be okay. And she, you know, she reaches out and Jesus is like, who touched me? And, uh, you know, he breaks out, it's her. And he says, you know, you're healed. And she didn't have that issue anymore. And I feel like that imagery of touching, like reaching, not just praying and being static and being like, oh, it's okay. You know, it'll be fixed. She like actively like did something. And so faith is an action word is my third point. And the reason being is because a lot of times earlier in my college career, even like in high school, things were mostly acted upon. And that was kind of the trials I got, you know, was kind of out of my hands. A lot of circumstances changed. And so I kind of had to adapt, but some things happened and it was like, you have to make a choice. And that's so hard. (laughs) I feel like because I had so many experiences before where it was like, things would just happen it's hard to be able to put in that faith to actually make your own choice rather than just having it happen to you. And so I love this story about her reaching and touching. And I think one of the biggest things I've learned my junior year was that I have to reach out too. You know, I was at, I was working as one of the editor in chiefs for the school newspaper at my college, you know, worked my way up. I worked there for about like two years or so. And it was such an amazing job at that point. And it was sad to leave. I left it because I got the internship. <laughs> and so, and of course the internship fell apart, but um, I, I loved it there. And I feel like a lot of things happened because I was willing to take that faith and be able to reach. And I had to include God in that job because there were so many moving parts, so many big things happening. You know, you're like running like a news organization. That's like a big deal. And for being a junior in college, <laughs> you know, that's a lot to ask. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for the lessons I was able to learn with faith and be able to really put that best foot forward and be able to um, reach out towards Jesus Christ. I definitely think his hands were all over that newspaper. And it's a newspaper. It's like, why would God care about that? You know, why does he care? 
But I think he knew that it mattered so much to me. And I had such a passion and drive for journalism. Hence why that was an emphasis that I did in my degree. That that's what happened. He really cared about it and was able to help me out. And so point number three is to is that faith is an action word. So the next point is don't sugarcoat it. Be straight up. So I don't know if, about you, but I've had a lot of conversations, especially recently, where I've just been sugarcoating things to be like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's not that big of a deal, but things have actually been a huge deal, and because people weren't straight up with me about it, it totally crumbled, and it's it's hard. It's hard to find that balance between being kind and, you know, nice and accommodating, but also, you know, telling the truth, and so kind of two experiences I had with this was the first one is I graduated with my degree in communications with an emphasis in journalism. And we had to create this huge, 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 huge project where we had to comb through government data. And we had to essentially write a news story about it and then create a website based off of that. And so the topic I got randomly assigned was um, drug use in youth, specifically vapes. So I had to comb through 641 pages of data (laughs) um, of the survey that the government put on. And so youth across the country answered, you know, yes, no questions and said, yes, I did this. No, I haven't done that. And it was kind of just for them to be able to gauge. And so, but the main reason why people or youth, I guess, high schoolers vape is because of curiosity. That was the number one reason by a long shot. The second reason was because of social media. The third reason was because they wanted to learn how to do tricks. Kind of weird. But um, that point I thought was so interesting. Curiosity. You know, they wanted to know about it. And I think if people were straight up with them saying these were the effects of it, this is what it's caused by, blah, blah, blah. I wonder if it would go down. I don't know. Um, I talked to a lot of people in the community. I talked to the public health office for my region. I talked to people doing nonprofits to help this issue. And all of them basically said the same thing of, if parents and educators and guardians and responsible parties, you know, listed out, um, were straight up with these youth, there would not be this big of an issue. And so it needs to be talked about, needs to be said. And I think, I don't know if that will change the world dramatically or what, but from my research that I've put a lot of hours in, that was kind of the biggest thing, which I thought was really fascinating. And so if people were straight up, that curiosity would go away. And I wonder what people's choices would look like. The second thing I wanted to bring up with this point is that I got promoted at the job I mentioned earlier, which was super exciting, loved it, loved the opportunity. And but that also came with the responsibility of having these big conversations with people on my team. And they usually were kind of intense conversations. And so it was hard to be able to find that balance between like kindness and being accommodating and being nice, but also like holding them accountable and telling them the truth. And so at first I was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. We'll figure it out. But then it would just hurt them and it would hurt me. And so I've learned that being straight up, telling the truth, um, just not even dipping into other things and just telling the hard facts has really been helpful in my communication. And it's also been able to help build this trust on my team. And so I'm really grateful for it. I definitely, like I said, learned it the hard way, but Being straight up is definitely a lot better than sugarcoating it in any hard conversation. Okay, point number five is education is a privilege and not a chore. So in my senior year of college, it's kind of like, it felt like a breaking point. It was like, I'm so tired. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. 
you know, it's, it's, it's exhausting to, you know, I was working full time at this point, working full time and doing full time school. And it's a lot, you know, I would wake up at, you know, 6am ish and I would get to work by eight. So I guess I'd like wake up at seven, which isn't that bad, but get to work at eight. And then I'd come home around like five or six every day. That's a long time. (laughs) And mostly what my days were looking like my senior year was I'd start at work and then halfway through the day, I'd leave and go to classes until like the afternoon. And then from afternoon until evening, I'd go back to work. And so I feel like that back and forth and then homework afterwards, obviously, but that back and forth was so exhausting and so tiring. It felt like I was living like 10 different days (laughs) and it was confusing because my brain would you know go into work mode and then it'd have to go into school mode and then I'd have to go back into work mode and into homework mode and then it was in make dinner mode and you know as a young adult I really didn't have experience doing that much back and forth in a day and I know all the moms listening are laughing because they're like I dropped my kids off at school and then I had to do this and I had to do that and then I had to pick them up and then we had to go to soccer practice and we had to do this and we had to do that so I'm not there yet <laughs> but am I really wasn't putting value on my education I didn't realize that it was such a privilege because I'd been doing it for so long and so tunnel visioned um but then I met this girl and she's talking about how she was um the first generation college student in her family and her family lives far away you know not in the country and we were just talking about it and it was so cool to be able to hear her story and like her humility and so if you have the opportunity to um, pursue education in whatever form that may look like um definitely remember that it's a privilege not a chore Even when you're burnt out, you need to remember the why, you know, why are you gaining more education? Um, And that's definitely helpful. And so that's definitely point number five for me is education is a privilege and not a chore. Okay, we're on officially the last point. (laughs) Um, But the last point, point number six is Jesus Christ is relief. So a little bit of backstory. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast or not, but I might have. So if you hear it again, that's okay. <laughs> but um, earlier this year, in my senior year, um, one of a very prominent church leader in my area passed away. Super sudden, zero notice, zero signs beforehand. And I mentioned earlier that I'm married. So I'm in a married church congregation of students. And, you know, all of us live far away from home. You know, we're all in this new phase of life. And it's like a really like beautiful place to go to church, honestly. Uh, but um, our church leader was a little bit, so he was older. He wasn't newly married and in college like the rest of us. And so he kind of was like this very prominent figure and kind of like the family we didn't have there. And him and his wife were awesome. And I got called to be the Relief Society president the week before he passed away. And it was very intense, very fast paced and I vividly remember sitting or I was driving into school from work just like, you know, in the middle of the day and I get a call from the elders quorum president who was also new and he said, Hey, did you check your email? And I was like, no, I've been at work, you know, whatever. And I was talking to him on my Apple watch. Like I vividly remember like driving and I wasn't, I was just like half paying attention. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. And he's like, yeah, this church leader passed away. And it was, I literally remember stopping the car in the middle of an intersection and was like, what? And I was like, oh shoot, I need to like drive. (laughs) And it was fine. Um, But I pulled in the parking lot and I don't know, I was like stunned and it hurt so bad. And I've never really had someone in my life die that suddenly. And 
with zero notice and it was really hard it was super hard especially because he was really close and he's kind of like this family that we you know all my family's far away and it was nice to be able to have someone there if i needed it and he was just awesome and so it was really hard super hard and my elders quorum president was really shaken up by it too and it was hard because i had to like go into like normal school day and whatever but a week before that so the day i got called the stake relief society president texted me and said hey we want to come to your relief society you know to introduce ourselves we know you're new and we'd love to you know do a lesson and you know she was like i'm sure you don't have teachers because you're new and so i was like yeah that'd be so nice and she goes text me what general conference talk you want me to go over and i didn't even like think twice about it i sent her the talk called jesus christ's relief by sister camilla and johnson and those of you who've listened to this podcast for a while i literally quote it all the time it's one of my favorites and i so she sent me or i sent her that talk and she's like okay i'll work on it little did i know that the next week our bishop would pass away and the stake relief society would come in and teach this lesson and in the talk sister johnson talks about a metaphorical backpack And she said, we're all carrying one. It represents sins. It represents heartache. It represents all the hard things and burdens that we're carrying throughout this earthly life. And so the teacher in the sacred study presidency, she pulls out a backpack and she pulls out rocks, just like the talk says. And each rock said something like sickness. And it said like finals week, you know, these burdens. And then the last rock she pulled out had this church leader's name on it. And it literally made the whole room break. It was so sad, but we're, we're she, ugh, sorry, I'm tongue tied. The point she was making was, you know, this is something that you're carrying, you know, grief is like a real emotion and you're carrying this. Why not let Jesus Christ help carry it too? Because Jesus Christ can carry that relief. And the room felt heavy. It felt like you literally could like drop, have a pin drop and you'd hear it in the air. I don't know. It was just so vivid. And I definitely know from experience, not just that, but throughout my life that Jesus Christ truly can provide the relief that you need and that you're seeking. And that peace is possible, not just in the next life, but in this life now. And so I just have so much gratitude and so much so much heart um for that church member and his family and that was so hard to go through earlier this year but i definitely learned a lot and i definitely know that jesus christ does provide that relief okay you guys well that is the end thank you so much for listening today to part two um i have loved putting this episode together i think it has been very healing for me to be able to kind of reminisce and you know college is such a big thing you know it's not something that you just kind of brush through and I'm really grateful I got to have this time to really reflect and be kind of therapeutic about it and so before I leave for today's episode I wanted to review all 12 points in order so the first one is stand in holy places number two is your status does not define you number three is get good sleep number four is be patient Number five is never put your own agenda above the Holy Ghost promptings. Number six is savor the good and write down the good. Number seven is the celestial room is God's living room. Number eight is trust the promptings even when you can't tell what is ahead. 
Number nine is faith is an action word. Number 10 is it is the best, it is best to straight up, be straight up and not sugarcoat it. Number 11 is education is a privilege, not a chore. And then last but not least, number 12 is Jesus Christ is relief. So it has been truly amazing to take you along on this journey with me. And thank you so much for listening, everyone. I can't wait to talk to you in 2024. And I hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. everyone thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed today's episode thank you so much for tuning in um before you leave it would mean the world to me if you left a little review it's at the top of the screen on spotify or the bottom of the screen on apple podcasts um this helps people be able to find the podcast easier so make sure to let me know what you think and i really hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week strive to become the best version of yourself because you are loved